shouting hallelujah is there anyone here happy that our, the living God is his God are you happy that the God you serve is a living God do you know there are dead gods and the people that serve dead gods they, in fact they serve the dead God with much more fervor than we do is that not so just look at the prophets of Baal or Mount Carmel they began to cut themselves their blood was flowing, all because they wanted their dead God to answer. Unfortunately for them, they were talking to a God who could not answer. You don't need to cut yourself before your God answers. Why would you shout hallelujah to him this morning? Hallelujah. We are going to shout eight hallelujahs. And every hallelujah you shout will uproot some undesirable things from your life and will, in, will put in some desirable things in the name of Jesus. Number one, hallelujah. Number two, hallelujah. Three, hallelujah. Four, hallelujah. Five, hallelujah. Six, hallelujah. Seven, hallelujah. And finally, number eight, hallelujah. The Lord will accept your praise in Jesus' name. Because you have shouted hallelujah this day, God will give you a glorious testimony. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. We lift your name on high. Be glorified in Jesus' name. Lord, as you continue, continue with us. Speak unto us. Teach us. Let your name be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for we pray in Jesus' name. Let's have our seats. We are welcome to his presence. Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8 is a passage we know very well. We are very familiar with it. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 to 22. Genesis 8, 20 to 22 is a passage we are all very familiar with. We normally use it for offering. Genesis 8, 20 to 22. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savour. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again cause the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any more every living thing as I have done. Verse 22. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Amen. Every seed you sow, you will reap a bountiful harvest in Jesus' name. On the 7th of March, when we were marking our anniversary, we said, it's a new beginning. And we highlighted three, highlighted three things that we said the Lord was speaking unto us about. Number one, a new beginning of what? Who wants to remind us? Consecration and holiness. 
That's, that's the foundation. Without that, the other two will not work. A new beginning of work, can somebody say it again? Consecration and holiness. The Bible says, follow peace with all men. And what? Holiness. Without which, what will happen? Without holiness, you cannot see God. And the Bible says, what shall it profit a man? If he gains the whole world and loses his soul, you will not lose eternity in Jesus' name. So a new beginning of consecration and holiness. That's number, number two. A new beginning of, of giving. You now see why I said without the first, the second cannot be, in, cannot be in effect. A new beginning of giving. And number three, a new beginning of enlargement. Enlargement. And so we talked about consecration and holiness. We cannot overemphasize it. Without holiness, no one will see God. And God does not compromise on his expectation or definition of holiness. That's why there's grace. That's why he's giving us grace. That's why we can stand before the Lord and say, well, if not because of the blood of Jesus, I know that there's no heaven to gain. But the blood of Jesus has made it possible. Tell somebody the blood of Jesus has made it possible for me. That's very important. Yes, sir. The blood of Jesus. It is key to what we are saying. Consecration and holiness. Today we want to discuss giving. And like I said, it's a topic we are all familiar with. But there is an angle I'm going to be looking at today, which is likely I'm going to continue in the second service. We know what giving is. In the passage that we read, Noah took those valuable things that he had, the best of all that was left. And he went and made a sacrifice to the living God. And one key thing we must bear in mind, brethren, when we're talking about giving, is that giving must be sacrificial. Giving must be what? The time you sow is a time of sacrifice. Because what you are sowing is what you could have as well done what? Eating. The seeds you sow are usually the best seed. True or false? If you sow the seeds that have been eaten with, uh, with insects, it's very likely to just rot in the ground. So you want something that you will sow one, and it will bring up, it will give you back many. So you select the best seeds. You want something that has generational impact. You want something that you do today. And for generations to come, you can look back and say to God be the glory. I was sharing with my children so, during the week something that the man of God highlighted. How many of us, of us have heard of a, a pastor called, is it Jonathan Edwards? Yes. An old-time pastor called Jonathan Edwards. How many of us have heard of that man? Sinners in the hands of a living God. Have we heard of that message before? If you go and read the message, it's very dull. It's a very dry message, humanly speaking. But that was the message Jonathan Edwards preached in 18-something. That a, the whole city was crying in what? In repentance. He was a preacher of holiness. Well, they were made to understand that he had 11 children. He had how many children? But only one wife. So they now went and traced the generation of his children. I'm trying to bring out a point. You saw the best. You saw what? When you saw the best, you live the best. You give the best of your life to God. He gives you back, I mean, generations in return. They went and traced back the lineage of this man. He was a preacher, a country preacher. The only thing we remember him for is that message. 
Sinners in the hand of, I think it's an, of an angry God. Yeah, that is it. Sinners in the hand of an angry God. And they said, when they went and traced back his lineage, maybe a few, I mean, about maybe in the 60s, in the 70s, I don't know. Recently, he lived in the, 18, I mean, the 1800s. They found out that among his children, we are maybe, I don't know, I, can't, I don't remember the exact number, but there were many lawyers, many doctors, many uh, presidents of schools, two governors, three senators of uh, I mean, United States, one vice president. Among his world is lineage. People of repute in diverse places in the society. Why? He sold his life. He gave God his best. And he had a contemporary that they equally traced his own lineage. The reason they had to trace the lineage of that man was that four children of the same parent were in prison at the same time. They said, ah, this man was a contemporary of Jonathan Edwards. I hope I got the name right. Is that the name? Uh-huh. This, let's go and trace his lineage. And they found out that they were all children and they were filled with what? Poverty. People that were in prison. People that were homeless. People that were in lack. Why? Drunkards. People that were making uh, Muslim calls very rich. But they themselves were what? Very poor. You know, that's why the Bible says, the blessing of God, it maketh rich and addeth no sorrow unto it. When you sow your best, God gives you his best in return. And there is no human best that can match divine best. So I said, I'm looking at it from a different angle today. We have all had messages on giving. We've all had messages about uh, bringing our tithes. We've all had messages about, I mean, not depriving God. He said, bring ye all the tithes into my storehouse. That, I mean, I'm not reminding us that, of that today. But I want to ask us a question in a few minutes. Why do Christians that pay their tithes regularly, they don't default? Why are they poor? Does it, can anybody has, give me a... Maybe we should ask that question during our workers' meeting. Uh, next time we meet. Why is it that you see men that are faithful in giving their tithe? They don't default on their tithe. And yet it looks as if financially they keep struggling from one level to the other. I read a book by... Uh, I, don't, I, I know the man is a Christian. I don't know if he's a pastor or not. His name is Sean something. And he mentioned six things, six reasons. But the way he put it, Sean Hyman, that's the name of the man. He said there are six principles of financial success for a child of God. How many principles? Six. He said the reason that children of God who, could be, who I mean, might be faithful in giving their tithe may not be financially successful is because there are six principles, but they are faithful in how many? In one. And you've got to bring, put all of them together that you may derive the benefit that God has in place for you. If you take one to the exclusion of the other, some of us, we, are, we try to be faithful in others, but we ignore the issue of tithe. Leave that pastor. He's deceiving himself. And the results remain the same. And that's why you might see that, okay, I'm paying my tithe, but I don't see a difference between me and the person who is what? Who is not paying his or tithe. Because there are divine principles that we have to follow. I'm going to list the six. 
I'm going to try and start discussing them, but I know we can't discuss all of them, and I will continue the second service. The first principle is, we can put it down, the first principle is, you must pray for God's favor and blessing in your work. I'm sure we all agree on that. You must do what? Pray for God's favor and blessing in your work. And we, we, we are definitely going to go into detail about that today before we round up. But that's the first principle. Pray for God's favor and blessing in your work. That is the starting point. And we are going to give biblical examples. The second principle is the one we are all familiar with. And what is that one? Your tithe and your offering. Your tithe and, and the way this man put it, he said, your tithe and offering is 10% plus some. In other words, your 10% is the beginning. It's not the maximum. And we'll see why. Your 10% is the starting point. So number one, you pray to God for favor in your work. Number two, your tithe and offering. Number three, this is where many of us fail. Save money and reduce your debt. Do what? Save money and reduce your debt. And I'm telling you, I said this is why many of us fail because there are luxuries. I mean, it might be a temporary thing. You want to save money? You want to reduce your debt? You may have to forego that uh, uh, cup of cappuccino. Oh yes, you may have to forego it. Because you want to cut down on your cost. You may have to even cut off your cable. That's the truth. Because what are you doing on your cable? You are watching raptors. You are a pauper. You are watching millionaires earning money. Yes. And you are paying to Rogers. You are paying to, what do they call, what's the other one? They are paying to Bell. You are paying to Sean and all those things. They will say, this one is expensive. This one is cheap. That money. Have you, has anybody ever sat down to count how much you pay to Bell on an annual basis? Have you, have you looked at it? Aha. You will agree with me that it's a lot of money. If you put half of that in your RRSP over 10 years, you will come and thank me. Even if you don't give me anything out of it. It's true. There are many things we, we take for granted. We say they are necessities. They are not. They are not. That's the truth. Save money and reduce your debt. That's number three. We'll talk about it a little bit more. And these principles from the scriptures that we see, we talk about, but we ignore the aspect. That challenges us to do more. And what is number four? Invest for your future. Are these things not things that are obvious? But brethren, it's not as easy as it seems. I know. I know. And I'm going to be sharing some personal testimonies as we go along. Invest for your future. That's number four. Invest for your future. And what is, what is number five? Let me, number five is give. He calls it philanthropy. Give. Give. And one thing he emphasizes in that particular place is, he said, give to your pastor. I'm not saying it because I'm your pastor. But if I don't say it, I will be, I will be defaulting in what I know God wants me to say. Give. He calls it philanthropy. Give to widows. Give to others. Give to your pastor. And then... Number six is actually the result. Number six is the result. The Bible, he, he calls it your graduation principle 
to the fullest of God's biblical economy. He said, you become a lender and not a borrower. I say, you become the lender and not the borrower. So those are the six things he has listed. You will agree with me, you've heard all those things. Nothing is new there. Is there anything new? But they are biblical principles. And the issue with many of us is we default in maybe about one or two. And those ones in which we default, they are key. They are issues of discipline. Issues of what? Issues of discipline. Issues of discipline. And if we are indisciplined, <laughs> we will not go far. But I know that, brethren, God has a plan for us. So when I'm talking about God giving us three principles, and the second principle is on giving, there is more to eat. There is more. If, so that if there's anything I am doing that is hindering me from deriving the benefit of my giving, that needs to be addressed today. And it will be addressed in Jesus' name. This is the month of March 2021. I'm believing God that by this time next year, somebody will have a different testimony. Amen. That by this time next year, we are talking financially now. Somebody will say, this is what I did. This is what God did. This is my story. You know that, story, that song? This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all that day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. Oh, you will have a new story and a new song in Jesus' name. So number one says, pray for God's favor and blessing in your walk. Brethren, we cannot overemphasize this. Pray for God's bless, I mean, favor and blessing in your work. In Genesis chapter 39 verse 2, Genesis 39 verse 2, the Bible makes us to understand that the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man. Brethren, if the Lord had not been with Joseph, would he have been a prosperous man? No. He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. He was a prosperous man. When you go to verse 4 of that same passage, the Bible says, Joseph found favor. He found grace if in the sight of his master. He made him overseer over all his house. He put everything into his hands. And I'm sure many of us seated here today, when you look back at your work experience, you will agree with me that at different times, you have found favor in your place of work. True or false? At different times, you look back and they just look around and say, ah, we just like the way you... I have had it I've, I'm, and I've shared it in this church. Somebody called me and said, Fulani, I like the way you work. I mean, there was nothing I did for him. I was just doing my own thing. And he broke protocol to make me to make, because they had an agreement with the company I was working with that TD cannot poach on their staff. This man broke that protocol, of course. He told the people I was working with, they couldn't stop him. And that was how, from, I was working with CBRE, I became a staff of TD. It is the favor of God. I pray for someone today. God's favor will make way for you. God's favor will make room for you. In the name of Jesus. Joseph found grace. He found favor. In the sight of his, of, of, of his boss. And brethren, when you have God's favor, you will have any man's favor. When you have God's favor, you will have the favor of your husband. True or false? When you have God's favor, you have the favor of your wife. True or false? When you have God's favor, you have the favor of your boss. And so many times we misplace our priorities. 
You want the favor of your pastor. Or you want the favor of your husband. Or you want the favor of your, of your, of, of your wife. At whose expense? At God's expense. And God will be looking at you. The favor you need to seek first is the favor of God. Once you get God's favor, <laughs> he begins to open doors unto you. You begin to see things that others don't see. It's very important. You know, every time, every time I, 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 I talk, well, we're going to be talking about investments later on. But I saw something. When you invest in the stock market, they are, this is they call blue chip stocks, Abby. We know, we know what they are, right? Uh, what's that thing called? Microsoft. Uh, what are the others? Amazon, Tesla, blue chip stocks. Very expensive and very blue chip. Yes, you, you invest in them, you get 10%, you get 20%. But you know that everybody that says, what you are looking for in Sokoto is where? You know this uh, Canadian stock exchange? Sorry, I always go back there. They have all these small, small companies. Small, small companies that can double your money. If God will guide you to the right one. That's the problem with many of us. If God will guide you to where? To the right one. You just find out that your 10,000 becomes 30,000. Whereas those who are chasing Tesla, their 10,000 becomes 15,000. They too, they are making progress. Oh. But God will accelerate your own. Amen. I say God will accelerate your own. In Jesus' name. What am I trying to bring out? Whose favor do you need? God's favor. He doesn't need permission to, to promote you. He doesn't need permission to prosper you. He doesn't need permission to make you wealthy. In fact, it costs him nothing. It costs him what? Nothing. Nothing. I have many stories. <laughs> I used to trade in something called commodities. I'm sure many of us don't know what it, what it means. You know, some people, you know they sell sugar. Not in the Igbo market. Too. There is a market for sugar. There is a market for rice. Sophisticated market. It's called commodity market. That's why they sell gold and coins and all those things. There was a day I was going to the office and I slept in the gold train. In the gold train, in the gold train, I just had a voice, and the voice said, rough rice. This is me. I'm your pastor. I'm not going to be telling you lies. I had a voice that says what? I know what rough rice is. I don't eat it, but I, can, I know how to buy it and sell it. I go to the office that day, and I went and bought rough rice, and I made money out of it. It's a very simple example. On the, on the, on the, on the whole, I lost money in commodities, so don't try it. To. <laughs> uh, it's true. I will tell you my, when I start talking about investment and debts, I will tell you my story about how I lost money in commodities. But that day, I had a voice. I wasn't, I had nothing to do with it. I was in the gold train. I got to the office, opened my account, called my broker, I bought rough rice, had it just for a few days, I made good money out of it. And brethren, God can, God has not stopped doing it. He hasn't stopped doing it. If you find the favor of God, Forget about human favor. Because God will open the door to the favor of man. And I'm telling you today, whatever your situation might be, we are talking about giving, right? So I'm talking about financially. But it doesn't have to be financially alone. It could be marital. It could be academic. It could be employment. Many of us are chasing shadows. We are chasing... Instead of Looking for work for one year. 
Why don't you go to God for one month and say, Lord, every day for this month, I have one prayer request. Show me what to do. Can he answer that question or not? Can he answer it or not? I have a master's degree in animal science with excellent results from University of Ibadan, Nigeria, right? Then I went into accounting. I'm an ICANN member from Nigeria. I, I, I almost failed, but I eventually passed. <laughs> then I came to Canada. And because of the software head of Nigeria, it made uh, studying for an accounting designer in Canada for me very easy, honestly. I passed the US exam. I passed the Canadian exam. Is that also? Today, both the ICANN, the whatever, I'm using none of them. But it's useful knowledge. At least I talk of stock every now and then. I can pick a communist balance sheet and make sense out of it. Do you understand? Why don't you ask God, what do you want me to do? The fact that I studied animal science up till today, I have not been a farmer for one day. Maybe I will still be before I die. But if I now said, because I studied how to be a farmer, I will do nothing else, but I must farm. I will still be farming in our village up till now. God will open your eyes. God will guide you. God will direct you. It does not matter, brethren, what man does to you. What matters is what you do in return. Where is that coming from? The story of Laban and Jacob. Laban and Jacob. In Genesis chapter 30, verses 25 to 43. We know that story very well. We know that story very well. The Bible says, Laban changed the wages of Jacob ten times. Did he succeed in making Jacob poor? In fact, what was his testimony? Laban said, I have learned by experience that because of you, God has blessed me. Do you know that because of you, God is blessing some people? But it's a step. You are not in the wrong place. It's just that don't go and build a temple there. Because you are there for a season. Tell somebody a season. And when that season is over, get ready to move. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, get ready to move. It's very important. You are there for a season. Because you are there, God is blessing them. But God, is, God will not make you a time of blessing and refuse to bless you. You are a channel today. So that tomorrow you can look back and say, ah, when it was my time to serve, I served very well. Now it is time for men to serve me. And men will serve you. I say men will serve you. I say men will serve you. You are making money for others today. Men will make money for you in Jesus' name. Others will make money for you in Jesus' name. It's very important, brethren. It's very important. Every opportunity that you have, put in the best. Do what? Put in the best. That's why many of us have obtained favor in our place of work. Because they see, brethren, if nothing else, there's one thing I know about us. We are very hardworking when we want to work. Ah. And when you are hardworking and intelligent, what else is left? Except if God's favor is withdrawn from it. And his favor will never withdrawn from you in Jesus' name. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, whatsoever your hand findeth to do, do it with your mind. With everything that you have. With everything that you have. You may be in that place of work for only two years. But when you leave, let them remember those two years as memorable ones. Memorable ones. 
I remember when I was when I was in Nigeria, when I, I worked in a place called Arthur Anderson. I understand Arthur Anderson is coming back to life now. They are, they are reviving the company. They, are, they, are, uh, they, had a, they, they were the ones embroiling the problem of Enron. Enron pulled AA down. <laughs> but they are coming up. When I was leaving the, the, the place, there was a discussion among the partner, I mean, and the, 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 the HR person, among, on, on some benefits. Something that related to me and maybe another staff who was leaving. And I said, but this is what we gave for line. And somebody said, for line is different. You are different. Because the favor of God is upon you. You are different. Because you are not going to argue with man. You are different because God will prosper you. You are different because God will lift you up. Put in your, the best in every opportunity you are given. It comes with diligence. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-nine. We know it very well. Sears thou a man diligent in his business, he shall not stand before kings. I mean, he shall stand before kings, sorry. He will not stand before mean men. He will not stand before stingy men. He will not stand before people who cannot give. He will stand before kings whose resources are inexhaustible. If you pray to God for favor, the Bible says he will bless the work of your hands. And this year, I see men and women, the work of whose hands God will bless. I say, God will bless the work of your hand. God will bless the work of your hand. He will give you a testimony in Jesus' name. You go to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12. We're going to be rounding up from there. You know, I said it. There are six principles, but we're going to be talking about maybe the first one and the, the others in the second service. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 12. says, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. Somebody does not like that prayer. I said, the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. The heaven to give rain unto your land in this season. And to bless all the work of your hand. How many? All the work of your hand. And you shall lend unto many nations. And thou shalt not borrow. I want to assure someone here today. You are looking at that passage. I say, well, yeah, it's some people. It's not some people, though. It is me. Tell somebody it is me. As if you may say it is me. You will learn to nations in Jesus' name. Because God will bless all. You see, that's very important. All the work of your hand. So academically, you will excel. Financially, you will excel. When you begin to invest, you will excel. When you begin to buy houses, some people will buy the house very expensively. You will buy it out very cheaply. God will make way for you. God will open doors for you. His name and his name alone will be glorified in your life. Amen. God will give you a testimony. Amen. It shall be a glorious one in Jesus' name. Amen. You are watching me online today. You've not given your life to Jesus. The things you are talking about are things that God will do in the life of somebody that is born again. Somebody that puts God first. You, you need to put God first to be able to pray for his favor. You've not given your life to Christ. This is the time to say, Lord Jesus... Come into my life. I want to run this race with you. I want to walk with you. I want you to guide me. And he's ready to do so. If you are in that position, and I said, today is my day of salvation. Just say, would we say, Lord Jesus, I yield my life unto you. Come into my life. Take control. Guide me and lead me. Open my ears. Open my eyes. Glorify your name 
in my life. Ah, Satan, every relationship, every covenant, I cut it off in the name of Jesus. From this day, my name is written in the book of life. And eternity is, for, is mine to gain in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this morning. We lift your name on I accept our thanks in Jesus' name. You have promised to bless us. We receive your blessing in the name of Jesus. Your word says, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Father, we will not lose our soul. We will not lose eternity. Your name shall be glorified in our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord, for we have prayed in Jesus' name.